Rick Jensen on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL. Kids going back to school in just about a month, maybe a month and a half or so. And the debate you hear throughout, uh, you know, local uh, talk here at WDEL and as well as online nationally is masks, masks, masks. But I'd like to kind of bring the conversation back to expectations. Last year, I was one of those who was very vocal and very uh, concerned about how well kids would be doing if they're told to stay at home, learn by remote learning, and uh, and sadly, the hybrid experiment was uh, was a horrible failure. You heard about these uh, terrible, terrible failure rates, you know, 40% in some schools, uh, 50 in others and such, because the kids couldn't do that. And yet, still, no one's really talking about something that has been a feature on this program for many, many years, and that is education in general here in the state of Delaware. And then, specifically... What about kids who are living in poverty, the kids who don't have the support group at home, uh, the kids about whom I have I have featured teachers who go to their homes and, and help them on their own time. And you combine that with some of the other things we've been seeing throughout the pandemic and even now, which is more and more violence and uh, and kids just not stepping up and doing the best they can in schools because sometimes, far too often, the parents aren't as well. I was having that specific con- conversation with Xanthia Oliver, um, who's uh, on the east side in the third district, and very concerned about well, what's going to happen with the kids. Uh, there are obviously uh, parents who could use some guidance, and there are programs, but how do you get the parents to these programs to, uh, to actually help them and guide them and direct them? And, and one of the people that Xanthia and I were talking about is Aaron Bass, I think the last time I talked with Aaron was about five years ago. Aaron reminded me of this. He's a CEO of Eastside Charter School. Hey, Aaron. It's Rick. How are you, man? Hey, Rick. How you doing? Well, Thanks sir. Me. Good, good. I'm just kind of introducing you to the audience here in case uh, they don't know of you. CEO of Eastside Charter School. The charter school started back in 1997. It was only, what, K through 3. And uh, and then you, you, keep, you continue to uh, excel. And I think it was in 2000, you expanded to what, to sixth grade? And, and where are we now? Mm-hmm. So now we're kindergarten through eighth grade. We are the first uh, oldest charter elementary school in the state of Delaware. And we are so happy to be serving our entire community. That's fantastic. And you're a critical part of, uh, well, the growth and improvement on the east side. I remember just a few weeks ago, Xanthia called me on, I think it was a Wednesday afternoon, and there was a horrible shooting, three women shot right there at uh, 10th and Pine, and uh, just outraged, like, what are people doing? We need more police on the streets, things like that. We talked about the kids and and teenagers and how so many of them are involved in uh, in gang activity, gang shootings, and, and what do you do and how do you get them into a place where they know that there's a better life for them and they could create that. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what, that's exactly what you're providing at Eastside, isn't it? It is. We, we know that all children are going to make choices. And if uh, given better options, young people make better decisions. The problem is when you don't have better choices available to young people, you're going to see more of the violence. You're going to see more of uh, prison rates and a lot of other negative things happening. So we're trying to reverse that. We focus on how do we provide the best opportunities for children here in uh, Riverside, but also throughout all of Delaware. And that's what we're focusing on. 
So what do your numbers look like uh, over the years since 1997? We, we think about graduation rates. We think about kids mm-hmm. going to college, even though not everybody needs to go to college to be successful. Uh, what are some of the uh, some of the data points that uh, that you think people should know about? I mean, we have a couple. So I think Eastside over the course of uh, three decades has had ebbs and flows. Uh, I know that right now we can point to the fact that our staff retention rate We've gone from retaining 30% of our staff to 90%. Um, And now we are one of the top places to work in Delaware, and that will be coming out a little bit later on uh, next month. We are. Well, let me let me inter- let me interrupt uh, about that. And and why? How do you measure? It? Is that one year to one year? Is it over a course of three years? Retention rate is is over. Yep. Is is it biannual? What's uh, what's the longevity? What's what's the length there? Great. We measured annually, and so every year this data goes from thirty percent to ninety percent is over the course of about four years. Uh, so we're seeing that our staff are staying with us. That's really and it's impressive. Because of a lot of great decisions. Yeah. Okay, so uh, staff retention, that's important. The kids come back the next year. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, my favorite teacher is still here. And the mm-hmm. next year, oh, and that's always encouraging. And I know there's a, there's, a, there's a very strong positive psychological effect of that. Even if that teacher is no longer their teacher in their classroom, I saw a study a few years ago saying that it feels good, it feels normal, and they're happy to be there because their favorite teacher from first grade uh, is still at the school even though they got a different teacher in third grade. Oh, it, it means a lot. It also means a lot for special dealing students that might be facing trauma because you want to provide more consistency. Um, and so the more consistent the school community can be, the better off students can be. But on top of just seeing the consistency there, we're seeing staff, myself included, uh, are now parents at Eastside Charter School. Oh. So that means that when I'm making decisions, I'm making decisions for 500 students plus I'm making decisions that directly impact my household with my two children enrolled here at Eastside Charter, as well as many of our other staff members are doing the same thing because we believe in the work that we're doing mm-hmm. and providing the best education for our students. Um, what's holding you back? Uh, I mean, what holds us back is just limitations. So what holds us back is um, we are every day. I mean, finances is one thing. We are constantly looking to innovate and uh, one example is that we're looking to build a STEM hub, a STEM center here in Delaware, where we want to make it available to all students across the entire uh, state of Delaware, all students in Wilmington. This is a place that you could not just be an Eastside student, but you could be anyone, drop into a, a STEM building, learn about STEM, have access to employers, train students and parents. And then, actually, we know that STEM is the number one career field here in the state of Delaware. We have very few people that are moving from Wilmington into STEM corporations. So how do you link that? We need to provide resources there. Uh, What else do we need to do? We're dealing with other shortages here in the state, dealing with bus driver shortages right now, making sure that students can have access to schools and transportation. So we're addressing that by also uh, we are now looking to give our parents transportation funding. Let's give parents leadership, $700 per student to get them uh, to and from school for those that can do it. Okay, this is pretty um, innovative, and this is the kind of thing that I think would have a lot of pushback in the public sector. Um, and this is, this is wild. So how might parents be using this $700 to get their kids to school? Um, however, they would use any funding, they re- any revenue they receive. Uh, we know that we as a state provide considerable amounts of funding for transportation 
And when a parent uh, is trying to deal with their own life activities, um, it's troublesome when you're dealing with right now across the state, you're seeing as many as 30% of the bus drivers uh, not being available. So oh, yeah, I know. I just have to double up. A couple of months ago, I had uh, Jane Brady on the program. You know, she's a former state attorney general, former judge. Uh, she's uh, chair of the GOP, the Republican Party now. And uh, they're doing a recruitment for bus drivers. And um, I don't know how that has turned out so far, but people knew early on that, yeah, there's a bus driver shortage. Uh, I know of bus drivers who call my program seeking help on getting unemployment insurance benefits, and they're all looking forward to going back to back to school, back to work, you know, in, in September. But uh, but what's happened uh, with these these 30 percent? I mean, they just left the, the career field forever or are they at home getting more money than they would be making driving buses? So they just choose not to drive the bus. I, I don't know what every bus driver is doing. I just know the outcomes right now are the fact that we're facing a huge shortage. We were facing one before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delaware has been facing a bus driver shortage for years, and we have been doing the same thing as far as trying to recruit more people. We actually at Eastside are connected with our contractors, and anybody that wants to become a, a bus driver, we can get them the training and get them employed. The Wait a minute. We're Hold it. You, you, you just broke the news, man. You know, every conversation, is there breaking news? Yes, there's breaking breaking news. So are you saying, I want to get this perfectly clear, at Eastside, that you're going to pay for the bus driver training if they fulfill a certain contractual obligation? Or are you saying we can just help you get get uh, do the paperwork and, and apply to get the training? Our contractor does that. So we have worked out with our contractor that if any of our parents want to become bus drivers, that contractor will pay for their training. Many bus companies do that to get the CDL plus the passenger license. And then once they're approved, then they will have employment at that contractor. That's actually very common. Uh, we have been pushing that to all of our parents the same way that the state of Delaware right now is just seeking, hey, if you're interested in becoming a bus driver, here's how you do it. The issue we're facing is that uh, when given this obstacle, and we've been looking for bus drivers for years, we need to think of something different. Yeah. And so the best thing we can do is think of how can we empower our parents? How can we say to parents, look, here's the funding. Do you want to have more autonomy? And we're also not making anybody take this stipend. So parents can sign up and this is what works best for them. Great, because we know that we want to make sure that we're doing everything possible to deal with the crisis, at the same time have the best customer service, and so that also means you need to empower your parents. And they could use it for carpooling, uh, other kids. What about mm-hmm. Uber? Is that allowed? They, however you want to get your child to and from school, because we've been doing that for years. We have parents that they Uber here. We have parents that uh, do carpool. So we're just saying, hey, here's an opportunity. Would you like to be paid for, for some parents? Um this works out great for them. For some, that's not an option for them. Right. We still have busing available, but we're trying to figure out how do you deal with this problem? What's something innovative you can do? And also connect with your community and empower them to make better decisions for them. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Aaron Bass, CEO of Eastside Charter School. has been there for like, what, five years now, right? Yeah, it's been five years. I'm on year six right now. All right, man. Uh, hang in there because it's it's a neighborhood, an area that uh, that that really needs uh, you know this kind of positive improvement. And uh, and you're part of the long game. I mean, you know, the long game is education, and uh, perhaps uh, a percentage will stay in their communities as you are doing with your kids going to the East Side Charter as well. 
and and making those kinds of improvements. But uh, man, I just just give us an idea of how challenging it can be in this community um, to keep kids on the right track. I mean, it's definitely challenging. I'll tell you that we're even facing right now with our students coming back from the pandemic, how do we address mental health? So we have students that have been dealing with trauma through increased violence. Also, uh, parents have had job changes and lifestyle changes due to the pandemic and just employment. And on top of that, we've seen 500,000 Americans die due to the pandemic. And so we know that that impacts our community. How we address mental health is something that we've been spending a lot of time on. We've seen our suspension rates over the last three years drop from uh, drop 75% before the pandemic. Hmm. 75% reduction in suspensions. But what's important is, is with the same children. Yeah. So we didn't change the children. We changed our approach. So how do you give children tools to deal with trauma, how they deal with problems? That means you need to focus on every adult is working with social and emotional learning. That means we have a team of psychologists and special education teachers and therapists working with our children because you have so much chaos taking place. But again, if you present students with incredible opportunities, students rise to that challenge. I'll give you an example of that. So where we are, you can take any indicator you want. Um, and we're in the Riverside area. There is high crime. There's uh, low uh, education attainment. Pick any indicator you want. That's there. In this community, we started the APEX program. APEX is a partnership between Eastside, uh, Tattnall, Tower Hill, Sanford, and Wilmington Friends School. Our students that are uh, in our program get into the APEX Honors Program. They take classes at these private schools while also being at Eastside Charter School. They also take advanced curriculum, um, and we thought it was a great thing, and we're going to work on our Honors Program. Here's what we found for the results. The students in Apex, the average eighth grader, graduates reading on a 12th grade or college level. Seriously. That's in a, this environment, the yeah. average eighth grader, yeah. And then in the last two years, these students have earned over $377,000 in scholarships and financial aid to private high schools. Nice. So if you're looking at here's this area and there's so much crime and it's horrible, I can tell you right now that we've had children that have watched a loved one uh, – be killed and come to school the next day. Yes. So how do you deal with a child who is eight years old trying to figure out death and murder and still also function in a society at the same time, we're seeing that these students deserve the best education possible. And so in that environment, you have students that are getting close to $400,000 in scholarships in one year because we're providing better opportunities for them. And, and so everybody at the school kind of wraps their arms around the kid and says, look, uh, you've got a great future. We understand your pain. And, 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 and then they, uh, and, and they, they're motivated uh, to continue despite uh, all this trauma and anguish. You're actually able, mm -hmm. to, able to, uh, to help them continue and lead a good life. Yeah, because we, we, we have to make that difference. And I think it's, it's up to every educator. What we're doing here at Eastside, is what we share with everybody. So we're in a, a bunch of different conversations around how we're innovating um, and sharing that data. You know, I'm really, because we think this is everyone. I'm really glad uh, you said yes when I called you yesterday and said, "Look, I'm, I, I just I want people to know there are some good things happening. There's some growth. There are uh, positive changes happening, 
And there are a lot of uh, folks, a lot of different organizations uh, who are doing this. And I'm, I, I know what uh, look, you have the Powell Center, you got the Hicks Anderson Center, uh, you got mm-hmm. uh, you know youth uh, operations and uh, help of the YMCA there, and all these other groups and such. But the parents don't always take advantage of this, and the kids don't always because they're not guided and directed to. And here you are guiding and directing uh, kids to a, a better life and a better way of living. So the more I, that can happen, especially anywhere uh, in, in Delaware, South Jersey, Northern Maryland, but especially in uh, neighborhoods like the east side, the better for everybody. And uh, you must be really, really proud of the achievements of your teachers and, and those students. I'm, I'm proud of our entire teaching and, and, and uh, education staff here. I'm, I'm proud of our uh, even our nursing staff and our operations team. It's amazing. We're investing $2 million in just upgrading east side's capital right now. Because we want the environment to look better, and you're seeing people step up. Even during the pandemic, I've been proud of seeing how uh, we were doing COVID testing before anyone was actively doing the programs um, and testing up to 1,000 people a day in our community because our staff are so connected with our community. And then also proud of our board that's been stepping up and um, jumping in different conversations and looking at how we can explore things differently, but even more so I'm proud of our students. We do this work not because we need a pat on the back. We do this work because we know that seeing a child change their entire entire trajectory because they receive an education. If you look at any statistics around uh, criminal activity or any statistics around uh, just career choices, the number one uh, pivotal reason for anything being successful is education. Yes. Education. And so if you can provide a better education, then you can change your entire environment. And so I'm proud of our entire community from board to staff to students because people are believing what's taking place and because we want to make a huge difference here. Aaron Bass, uh, this is not just a one-off conversation, man. I, I, I want to have you on again and again and again. I want my listeners to know more about how you're actually reaching out to the community in addition to the COVID testing and other things you do with, that are not even pandemic-related. But I'm really glad you took time with us to, to explain this is what each side charter is doing, especially for the neighborhood, but also for all, all of Delaware and how you're doing it. Thank you very much for spending this time with us, man. Thank you, Rick, and uh, rest in peace to Dusty Hill as well. You're yeah, also a ZZ Top fan, huh? I, I enjoy all music, and uh, I heard you start the show, and I definitely, uh, we lost a, a great one. Sure did. CEO, Eastside Charter School, Aaron Bass, thanks for your time again. we got to get to a break, and uh, we'll be back. Keep it here.